Well, good morning, Gateway family. It's really great to be with you again on this online forum and to share the Word of God with you. Today, we are going to be beginning a three-part message series about living a blessed life. Next week, we're going to look at the blessing of living a purpose-filled life. When you know what your purpose is, it brings fulfillment to you. It brings blessing to you. And then the following week, we're going to be looking at the blessings of living a normal life and how God wants us, yes, to be Christians, to be filled with the Spirit, to be in touch with Him, but not to be weird or strange, to still be able to live a fully human life here in this world. And so next week will be about the passion of your life and what your life purpose is. The following week will be about life in general. But I want to begin this week with our spiritual life. And so this message is called The Blessings of a Spirit-Filled Life. Now, when I'm talking about a Spirit-filled life or a spiritual life, I am not talking about a religious life. It is possible for someone to be quite religious and also to be spiritual and to live a spirit-filled life. But it's equally possible for someone not to buy into all of the outward trappings of religion and yet still be spiritual, still have faith in God and still live a spirit-filled life. In fact, very often, Religion is our human attempt to package God and to package the spirit-filled life in such a way that it becomes a system. And sometimes our religious ideas about God or our religious traditions and rituals don't make us live more of a spirit-filled life. But very often they put this spirit-filled life just outside of our grasp. There's always another hoop to jump through, always another step to take before we are good enough or we qualify to live a spirit-filled life. And that is not what the Bible teaches. It is not the message of Jesus. And um, that whole concept reminds me very much of a, a story, a joke that I heard once. And in this story, the devil and one of his junior demons are walking down the road. And they see a man ahead of them. And they both realize that this man is on the verge of realizing the the ultimate truth. The truth about everything. The deepest spiritual truth that there is to know. This man was just on the verge of realizing it, of discovering it. And the junior demon says to the devil, what are you going to do to stop this man discovering the greatest and deepest spiritual truth? And the devil didn't do anything, much to the amazement of the junior demon. And the man did discover the greatest spiritual truth. And the demon says to the devil, well, what are you going to do now? You should have stopped that man before he discovered it. And the devil said, I don't mind him discovering it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to help him Package it into a religion now so that when people discover the religion, they will think they've discovered the truth. 
but they, they will only have discovered the religious packaging instead of realizing what the man himself has realized. Now, I don't think that's what the devil and demons are like. It's just a story. But it's quite a, a, a true parable, I think, of how very often in the Christian faith, people are impacted by the love and the forgiveness and the presence and the Spirit of God. And then they want to share that with other people And very often what we do is we package either our experience of God or other people's experience of God, maybe even people in the Bible and their experience of God, and we package it into a religion. And then we say, if you really want to live a spirit-filled life, if you really want God's blessings in your life, then in order to qualify, you have to do A, B, C, and D. And before you know it, we have turned a spirit-filled relationship with God into a religious performance. And so there are three things I want to say today about living a spirit-filled life. Uh, And the first one is this. It is that grace is the foundation of it all. Getting a true understanding of the grace of God is the foundation for living a spirit-filled life. In fact, when you really get an understanding of God's grace, that, that understanding, that revelation, that inspiration or insight is actually the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so... Grace is the foundation for it all. If you think that you have to work or you have to earn God's blessings in your life, that only some people qualify and other people don't, then you're going to get off to a wrong start right away. You're going to think that in order to get the blessings of a spirit-filled life, you're going to have to be more religious or work harder or be more legalistic or strict with yourself. But when you discover that the spirit-filled life, like everything that God offers, is a free gift of grace, not dependent on your performance, because if it were, You would never qualify for it. Nobody would. It is a free gift of grace. Didn't Jesus say, if we, with all of our sins and faults, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the good gift of the Holy Spirit to all of his children who simply ask? So grace... And an understanding of grace is the work of the Spirit in our life. And you will never truly live in the blessings of a Spirit-filled life if you think it's hard work to stay spiritual, to keep God happy, to perform at your spiritual best. If you think that's what it's about, you will never enjoy the benefits of it. As I said, it will always seem just outside of your reach. But when you can just, as you are, right here and right now, open up your mind and contemplate the possibility that God loves you so much and so unconditionally that he freely gave his son Jesus while we were yet sinners and he freely poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit 
for all who will believe, once you realize it's a free gift, it takes all the effort out of it. And instead of you trying to become more spiritual, you simply let God, the Holy Spirit, work more and more in your life. So listen to this statement. In order to truly live in the Spirit, you need to stop trying to earn God's blessing with human effort. Give up a works-based religion and instead of that, enter into a grace-based relationship with God. Remember that grace simply means when you're given something freely that you never earned and don't even deserve. Think about the words to the hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. A wretch, someone who didn't deserve it. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You didn't find yourself. You were lost, and the good shepherd went after the lost sheep and found you. Every, every blessing that God wants to do in our life, you will never earn it. You will never, never achieve it yourself. You will receive it as a free gift of grace. And this statement here is so important. Because when I first became a Christian, the people who led me to Christ uh, were spirit-filled Christians who not only knew Jesus and knew the gospel, but they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they knew the gifts of the Spirit. And they shared all of that with me. And they shared it all as a free gift from God. And so... After I came to a place of faith and believing in what they were saying, I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I didn't have to clean myself up first. I received him into my life as lost and as sinful and as messed up as I was. He came in and he cleansed me and he forgave me and he gave me the gift of eternal life. And I, it was a free gift of grace that I didn't deserve or didn't earn. And then a few months later, the same group of Christians that I was amongst, I had already witnessed yeah, the, the gifts of the Spirit and prophecy and healing and praying in tongues and singing in the Spirit and things like that at the, at the services I was attending. And so a few months later, I asked them to pray for me and one of them prayed for me. My pastor prayed for me and led me into the fullness of the Spirit where I sensed God's Spirit fill me, filling me. And later on that night when I prayed, I began to pray in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit began to work in my life. And again, it took no effort. Nobody said to me, you need to earn this. You need to clean up your life before God will give you this gift. None of that. It was presented as a free gift of grace and that was how I received it but then about a year later I I was really hungry to know more about this spirit-filled life and so I, I went to a Christian bookshop and I began to buy books about the Holy Spirit some of them were helpful and some of them were unhelpful and some of them I didn't even understand what they were talking about they were so complicated but there were some that all of a sudden seemed to change the spirit-filled life from a grace-based relationship to a work-based religion. 
And they were saying, okay, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. But now if you want to stay spirit-filled, you have to pray for an hour every day. And you, you, uh, That was one message I heard. And then another, another book said, over and above that, you have to pray in tongues for an hour every day. So there's two hours. And then you had to read your Bible for an hour every day. And then you had to do this. And then you had to do that. And before I knew it, I lost the joy of being filled with the Holy Spirit and knowing that any time I needed God's help, his power and presence were there. All of a sudden I thought, well, maybe they're not there because I haven't been living up to all of these rules that we've been given. And and all of a sudden, living a spirit-filled life, instead of being a blessing, became an effort to me because I was receiving incorrect teaching. I was all of a sudden living a truly spirit-filled life that I had already experienced. I was being taught through some books and, and, and audios that I was listening to that if I wanted to continue to remain spirit-filled, I had to do all of these religious works and religious rituals to stay that way. And the joy of it left me. And then one day I read a passage in the book of Galatians that completely set me free in Galatians chapter 3. And it says here, you used to see the meaning of Jesus Christ's death as clearly as if I had waved a placard before you with a picture of Christ dying on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by trying to keep religious laws? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you by simply hearing about Christ and trusting him to save you. Then have you gone completely crazy? For if trying to obey religious laws never gave you spiritual life in the first place... Why do you think that trying to obey them now will make you stronger Christians? You have suffered so much for the gospel. Now, are you going to just throw it all overboard? I can hardly believe it. I ask you again. Does God give you the power of the Spirit and work miracles amongst you as a result of you trying to obey the Jewish laws? Of course not. It is when you believed in Christ and fully trust him. The same problem was happening here. People had received Christ as a free gift of grace. And then they had received the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit began working in their life as a free gift of grace. And then someone had taught them that they had to keep all these religious laws if they wanted to stay filled with the Spirit. And Paul is saying, no way, of course not. Have you gone completely crazy? Religion can't give you spiritual life. Only the spirit can. And religion can't keep you with that spiritual life. Only the Spirit can. And you don't do anything to earn the presence of the Spirit and the grace of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit in your life. Jesus did it all. You need to settle this fact in your mind. You have been saved by grace, not by your own religious works or effort. You will be kept saved by grace, 
until you see him face to face. And any transformation that takes place in your life between, you, between now and you seeing him face to face, you will be transformed by God's grace, not by your own human effort. So everything must start with the grace of God. That is the work of the Spirit in our life. The second point I want to share is this, that the Holy Spirit also brings us power. That is, he brings the gifts of the Spirit into our lives. Now, I was sharing a bit of my story there and how I started off just receiving and enjoying the presence of the Spirit in my life and then got into this thing where I thought I had to be a good enough Christian and be perfect in every way in order to for the Holy Spirit to stay there or for me to stay Spirit-filled. And thankfully, I then got set free from that after reading the book of Galatians and came back to a place of grace. But let me just backpedal a bit to when I first received the, the Spirit, before I tried to get into the, the works-based religion. When I first, re- I remember when I received Jesus as my Savior, everything was brand new. And I would read the Gospels and I would be learning more and more about Jesus. And then I got into the book of Acts and I began to read about the first Christians. And they seemed to just have amazing things happen. You know, they, yes, they believed in Jesus and yes, they preached about Jesus. And yes, other people were converted and were baptized and added to the church. But they also had people being healed and people prophesying and people seeing visions and people being guided by God's spirit. And I just hungered for so much more of that. And so eventually I asked my pastor, as I mentioned, to pray for me. And he prayed for me. And the night that he prayed for me and laid hands upon me and prayed for God to fill me with the Holy Spirit, nothing very much dramatic happened, except inside I felt myself being filled with a deep, deep sense of peace. You know, I, I used to I get, suffer from anxiety a bit, and it was because before I was a Christian, maybe about a year before this this time, um, I had really messed my, my mind up with drugs and so on, and, and it caused some anxiety attacks and things. And when I became a Christian, they, it almost all left. A new peace came into my, my life and my mind. But there was still just a little trace of this anxiety um, and and I, was even, I even got myself into anxiety about the Holy Spirit, thinking, well, if I pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me, what will happen? Will I be possessed? Will it take me over? Will I lose control? I had no idea what, that God was a God of grace and that God is a gentleman. And I mean gentle. He works gently in our lives and leads us step by step. And so I spoke to my pastor and he prayed for me and laid hands on me. And as he did, he began to pray in tongues. I just felt peace filling me all the way through me. I felt myself being filled up with a sense of peace and all of that anxiety left me never to return again. It was just wonderful. But I knew that on the inside, but on the outside, nothing dramatic happened. And then afterwards, I said to my pastor, but like, I've seen people being prayed for or read about things in the Bible and dramatic things happen. You know, people shake or they fall on the floor or they speak in tongues or they prophesy. And he said, you don't need to worry about all of that. You have asked God to fill you with the power of the spirit. When you need that power, it will be available. That night I went home and I began to pray. And as I prayed, 
I just prayed out loud. Think, I was thinking in English and I prayed out loud. And before I knew it, I, I realized I was praying in tongues. And so I didn't know what to do with this gift. So what I did was every day on the way to work, it took me about 30 minutes to drive to work. I would just drive and pray in tongues. And the more I did that, the more I felt cl- closely connected to God. And the more, the more closely connected to God I felt, the more other things would happen. All of a sudden, I would feel myself being guided intuitively in a certain direction. Or I would be praying with somebody and words would be coming to me that it wasn't like a prayer. It was like God was speaking and I would start to speak these words to the people and see the effect. They said, that's exactly what I would need to hear. Or, or we would be in a prayer meeting and we would be praying for someone there who was unwell. And as we would pray for them, I would begin to feel my hands tingle and go hot and would lay hands on them and pray for them and began to see people healed. And so I began to have these experiences of the power of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit in my life, just like happened in the book of Acts in the Bible, because it was not just for those people. It's for everyone who believes in Jesus. Let's look at what it says in the book of Acts. After his resurrection, Jesus commanded his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift, the free gift, the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized in water, but in a few days, you will be baptized, you will be immersed, you will be filled to overflowing, you will be overwhelmed and overcome with the Holy Spirit, with God's Spirit. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then the Bible tells us, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. This was like a visionary experience that they were having as they looked around the room. And everyone present, not half of them or three quarters or 99%, but one of them was too sinful to get it. There's none of that. Every one of them, everyone includes you. Every one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Peter proclaimed to the crowd who had gathered, each one of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit This promise is for you and your children and those who are afar off. All who have been called by the Lord our God. If you're a believer in Jesus, you've been called by the Lord our God and this promise is for you and God wants to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And so the Holy Spirit, let me just give you this statement. The Holy Spirit gives us spiritual power to make us more effective in prayer. Sometimes you will sense the Spirit intuitively leading you to pray about something you never even thought about. Sometimes it may be in words that you've never learned. So you could pray in your own language or in tongues. Makes us more effective in healing and praying for people who need a touch from God. And also in prophecy, in hearing from God and being guided by him. So grace is the work of the Spirit in our life. And also the power of the Spirit is the gifts of the Spirit in our life. But you know, One of the greatest things of all is constantly, no matter where you are, whether you're you're experiencing the gifts of the Spirit or at church where people are prophesying or healing is taking place, the most important thing is wherever you are, even on your own, is to know the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. When you have an awareness of the constant presence of God's Spirit in your life, That is what develops the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Here's a statement about that. Learning to become aware of the presence of God in your life right here and right now at any moment through stillness, meditation, and contemplative prayer will produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. We'll see in a moment or two that the fruit of the Spirit includes things like peace and patience. And one of the ways that we get peace and patience is by becoming still. Be still and know that I am God. When we become still, it brings a peace in our life and it produces patience in our life. And we become aware of God's love for us and through us for other people. You know, I love the gifts of the Spirit. I absolutely love the gifts of the Spirit. And I love when there's a sense of excitement. I love when thousands of believers gather together and we are worshiping God in unison and we're hearing the word of God taught and we're saying prayers together in unison. You know, when when the, the Bible says when the brothers and sisters gather together in unity, the anointing of God comes and there God commands the blessing. I love that environment. It brings a heightened sense of faith a heightened sense of expectation that anything could happen, that God could heal now, that he could save now, that he could move in power now. You know, there's an urgency to that kind of environment. And it's great to know the presence of God there. But do you still know the presence of God when you're taking your dog a walk in the park? Because you can. And there's something different about that. When you become still, And you become aware of that still small voice of God within. When you become still and know that he is God. Through stillness, meditation and contemplative prayer. I'm not talking about faith-filled prayer where you're asking God for a miracle. I'm talking about when you're communing with God and you're becoming aware of his constant presence. 
I love all those environments like I've spoken about. I love conferences and I love church services and I love praying together with people. But do you know something? I sense God's nearness and God's presence both within me and all around me most when I am simply contemplating and meditating and talking to him while I am in nature, while I'm in creation, while I'm walking along a beach or beside a river or through a forest and there's animals around and so on and there's no other noise and there's no distraction and I can be still and become aware that God's presence is in everything. He's in all creation. Here's what the Bible says. It says, I can never be lost from your spirit. I can never get away from the presence of my God. So I say, let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Let him guide your lives. Then you won't be driven by what the human nature craves. For the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of those things are not produced by the, the noise and, and tumultuous experience of believers coming together for a church service and praising God and believing for miracles. Those, that, that's great, but these things are produced by being still before God. Self-control, patience, kindness. So make your delight the law of the Lord. Meditate on it day and night in your daily life, not just when you're at church. If you will meditate, if you will make God's presence your delight, it will transform you. Now this says meditate on the law of the Lord. We know as Christians we can meditate on scripture. But you can meditate on all kinds of things, not just scripture. Didn't Jesus say, consider the birds of the air and the lilies of the field? Have a look at creation and the way God provides for it. As you meditate upon creation and God's provision there, you will see how much more he loves you. Didn't the Apostle Paul tell us, think only, consider only, meditate only on things that are good and true and pure and perfect? You know, the Bible tells us in Genesis, before any Bible was written, that Isaac had gone out to meditate in the fields towards the beginning of the evening. Even before the patriarchs had scripture to read, they still went out and sat and meditated and contemplated and stilled their heart and mind in the presence of God. People, that's the three, that is the three things that will bring blessing into your life and help you to live a truly spirit-filled life. It is grace, the work of the Spirit, power, the gifts of the Spirit, and the presence of God, becoming aware of the presence of God, which will develop the fruit of the Spirit in your lives. I would like to just pray for you. Just reach out your hands, still your heart, and within your heart and mind, just be agreeing in prayer with the words I am saying. Father God, I pray for everyone who is watching this video today. 
I pray that you would take us and lead us and guide us into a spirit-filled life, into the blessings of a spirit-filled life. May we know your grace at work, that Jesus did it all, and that all we have to do is believe and receive. May we also know your power at work in our life, power in prayer, power in healing, power to hear clearly your guidance in our life. And may every one of us, wherever we are during this season, secluded in our own homes, may we be still and know the constant presence of God ever with us, developing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what a fantastic message from Pastor Martin. I'm so excited that you guys were able to join us this morning. Uh, As we close, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone for continuing to give to Gateway. Your generosity is helping this church so much and is helping us support our mission in the city and support the families in need in our community. As we close as well, I want to encourage you guys once again to check out our Gateway groups. We've gotten brand new groups launching this week, running for seven weeks, and they are going to be awesome. We have groups running almost every single night of the week. So I want to encourage you, check out our groups. There's a link above or below in the comments. Just check out our groups, sign up. You don't have to do life alone. We want to be there for you. We We have people who want to be there for you and support you guys. So I want to encourage you to check out our groups and to sign up today. All right, church, have a good week.